Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Hey, it is great to have you join me in Foundational You today. I'm Dr. Dean, and I am really glad that you are studying with me today. This really, really important subject that we have been talking about, is there an absolute body of truth that we can build our life upon? We have been looking at the the consequences of postmodernism and and deconstructionism and how it is absolutely destroying lives and destroying culture, destroying the future and the hope of, of mankind. And yet the Lord God has said to you and I that he has given to us a body of truth that is absolutely reliable, that we can build our life upon. Jesus said, you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then he said, if you abide in my words, ye shall know the truth. Excuse me, if you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is a body of truth upon which we can build our lives, and it is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can use his words to build our life, to teach us how to think and how to reason how to come to good conclusions, how to make quality choices. The writer of Psalms said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my pathway. He also said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. It's, it's, not, it's not evolving. It's not a living body of truth that's evolving into new truths and new ways as some would want us to believe. No, it is a static set Word of God that is from eternity to eternity. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. And uh, uh, he said, the, the psalmist also said that, that uh, when I run after your commandments, you enlarge my heart. You, you enlarge me. You, you make me stronger. God's word is so trustworthy. So how do we get God's word? Well, we, we discovered in our study that, that God commanded men to write his word. Moses, Jeremiah, Joshua, King David, uh, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, uh, commanded to write God's word. And then we discovered that when they were writing God's word, they weren't just writing their own thoughts. Yes, they used their own literary style. Some of them were highly educated, very brilliant men. Some of them were commoners, fishermen, farmers. But God used their literary style to convey his heart, his thoughts, his words. These men, as they wrote, were writing the mind of God, the heart of God. And though they were using their own literary style, they were writing the mind of God, the heart of God. And that is why scripture says in the book of Isaiah that your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For my ways are 
higher than the heavens. Listen to how he said it in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Beginning at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, men, men weren't writing their own reasoning, their own thinking, their own thoughts. They were writing the thoughts of Almighty God. And as Peter said, they were doing it as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit in his uh, second epistle, chapter 1. The apostle Peter addressed this, this whole thing. And he said, look, you got to understand, the Holy Scriptures aren't for private interpretation. They, you, you, don't get to, you don't get to read them and come up with your own conclusions and, and, and what you think. Because listen to how he says it, because this is so important. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, literally as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this agrees completely with what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, when he said, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Almighty God has given to us his holy word so that we can build our lives, as Jesus said, so we can build our life on a solid rock. So when the hurricane forces of life come our way, and when the floods of life come our way, our house is going to stand secure. There's no promise that we won't have adversity, that we won't have offenses, that we won't have hardships and trials and tests. The difference for the child of God is when we build our life on the Word of God, we're building with security and strength that will stand the storms of life. That's the difference. When we build our life on human reasoning, human philosophy, human ideology, when we build our life on humanistic reasonings, the humanistic worldview, we're not building with anything that's secure and stable. We're building with the ideology of man, and it will crumble. But the truth of God's word stands forever. Well, how do we know that? How do we know that God's word is going to stand forever? Well, Jesus himself referred to the Old Testament as Holy Scripture on multiple occasions. In Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 24, John chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> Jesus in all these places referred to the Old Testament as Holy Scripture. And when he did so, he actually said it would be easier for the sun to stop shining than for any of the Old Testament to not be accurate and true. 
he actually said that every jot and every tittle, that those are punctuation marks of the Old Testament are the word of God. That is absolutely certain and true. That you can count on the Old Testament. It is the infallible word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ himself referred to it as absolute truth. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit bears witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness. Jesus said in John 14, verse 26, the Holy Spirit will bring it all to your remembrance, the word of the living God. In chapter 16, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will give you revelation and will reveal to you the words that Jesus and Heavenly Father have spoken. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, tells us that the Holy Spirit will enlighten our eyes and will give us revelation to understand the living word of God. But the Holy Scriptures itself bears witness that it is Holy Scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 18, most theologians believe the Apostle Paul is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 4, and Luke 10, 7. Luke quoted it first. Now the Apostle Paul is quoting both Luke and quoting the book of Deuteronomy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 to 17, we already looked at that passage, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, this is, this is very interesting the, in Hebrews chapter 1, what we have here, because it confirms the Old Testament and the New Testament as Holy Scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, referring to both Old Testament and New Testament as Holy Scripture. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now watch. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. That's the word of God, the New Testament. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression received disobedience, received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. You see what he's saying? God himself gave us witness that the Gospels are the Holy Scripture because he confirmed them with miracles and signs and wonders. And we have the same thing with the writings of the Apostle Paul and the other writings of the New Testament. They're confirmed by miracles and signs and wonders. Jesus himself said that, that he would confirm the word with miracles and signs and wonders. God himself, bearing witness that the Holy Scriptures, as we have them, are indeed the word of the living God. 
History bears witness that it's the word of God. When they were studying and deciding what would be canon and what would not be canon, they, they had four tests. Does it give an accurate revelation of the one true God? Number two, does it give an accurate revelation of what is known to be true? In other words, we know this is true, and this is just another confirmation. Does it give an accurate revelation of what has not been known previously? Does it give an accurate revelation of historical truth? And uh, so we, one of the things that we know for certain is that it gives an accurate revelation of the one true God. But uh, does it give an accurate revelation of what is known to be true? Well, you find it interesting that Christopher Columbus used two portions of Scripture to discover the passage to the West Indies. Okay? What we know today, of course, is the Caribbean islands. But he used two passages of Scripture, both in the book of Psalms. Psalm 8. Verse 8, that says, um, The birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. There, there are paths in the sea? There are actually paths in the sea? And then in Psalm 77, verse 19, Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. And Columbus said, you know what? If God's word says this, it must absolutely be true. And he found those paths, and it enabled him to sail from Spain to the Caribbean because he found the paths in the sea. What has not been known previously? Well, Luke 11, uh, excuse me, Leviticus 11, 1 to 8. I'm going to read that to you, Leviticus 11, 1 to 8. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, and chewing the cud that you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those that have cloven hooves, the camel, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves. It is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The hare, in other words, the rabbit, right? Because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Their flesh you should not eat, their carcasses you shall not touch, they're unclean to you. And for decades, decades, scientists and biologists said, see there, that's, that shows the Bible's not true because the rabbit doesn't chew the cud only for them to find out that indeed the rabbit does chew the cud 
but not in the way that other animals chew the cud do so. The rabbit does chew the cud. So what had not been previously known, Holy Scripture was revealing to us. The Hittites and King David, they have said for centuries, there were no, no people called the Hittites, and there really was no King David. King David was to the Jewish people what uh, uh, King Arthur the Round Table is to England, <clears throat> just a mystery, a mystery king, <clears throat> and but not, not really true. Only for them to find out, as they made archaeological discoveries, to find out that indeed there were the Hittites, and indeed there was a King David, archaeologically proven. What had not previously been known, that we now know, but had been in Holy Scripture all along. <clears throat> historical truth is that does does the Scripture ac accurately reflect historical truths? Well, you have the black obelisk, obelisk, the black obelisk of the Assyrians, Nelson. Look, the uh, great Jewish archaeologist wrote, it may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever been controverted a biblical reference. No archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. No archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. And I'm quoting now from Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, page 65. King Kairos reigned from 559 B.C. to 530 B.C. And yet in Isaiah, he is called by name. In the book of Isaiah, he is called by name. Can you imagine? Wow. Wow. And we're talking 200 years before he was even conceived in the womb, and the prophet Isaiah is calling him by name. <clears throat> That's in chapters 44, verse 28, and chapter 45, verse 6. The book of Daniel prophesied the empires of the Medes, and Persians, the empire of Greece, and the empire of Rome. But he was prophesying them hundreds of years before they would be in existence. Daniel 11 prophesied Antiochus Epiphanes. Daniel chapter 2, verses 40 to 42, was written about 600 B.C., okay? Prophesied that Rome would divide east and west, but that would not take place until 300 A.D., 900 years before it would happen. The Holy Scriptures gave to us reliable historical evidence that God's Word is absolutely true. All of the tests are valid and true all of the tests, because the Bible is God's infallible, inerrant 
word without question. And you can build your life upon it. And I think it is so important that you understand that the Bible came into existence long before the contemporary writers and pundits are saying, well, those who, who argue the Bible uh, was, was created by King Constantine and Rome and that, uh, that they threw out 80 other versions and that, that there never was a really established canon before King Constantine in 300 AD. And, and they're, they're wanting to make all these. Are these statements accurate and true? We're going to look at that in our next podcast because it is important that you understand the Holy Bible that you have on your bookshelf that hopefully you hold in your hand and read every day, or you have on your iPad or your iPhone and read every day. That Holy Bible is the absolute inerrant word of God, and it is infallible. Father, thank you for your word your word that is absolutely true. We choose to build our life on your absolute truth. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today in this podcast. I look forward to joining you next time. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.